Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Mark McIntyre, who is Senior VP of Operations at Emerge. And today we're going to talk about how technology is transforming transportation procurement. So I think there's a general consensus among shippers, carriers, and logistics service providers that the time has come to transform the transportation procurement process. Um, but the big questions are, you know, how do you how do you do it, right? Um, what are the barriers, and how can technology help in this process? Well, those are some of the questions we're going to address in today's episode. And it's great to have Mark on the program to share his insights and perspective on this topic. So, Mark, welcome to the program. Thanks, Adriana. You know, I love visiting with you. It's been a while. We've done this a few times in the past. I always love your content, and it's a real pleasure to be with you today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, great, great to have you. Like, like you said, you, you and I, you know, know each other for a long time and you, you've been in the industry, you know, for a long time, you know, working with shippers and carriers and really kind of up to your elbows and knees and, and everything happening in the world of, of transportation. So, I mean, you recently, you know, joined uh, Emerge. So kind of before we dive into this topic, you know, tell, tell me a little bit about this, you know, new role and responsibility for you and kind of what, what excites you about it? Sure. It's, you know, you mentioned I've been in this a long time. It's, it's kind of hard to wrap my head around it. It's, it's been 33 years. I like to tell people I started when I was five because it really dates me. Uh, but I've seen a lot of stuff, you know, from, from no, no technology at all to where we are today with all this emerging technology. It's, it's a pretty daunting task to keep up with all of it, quite frankly. Um, but what really excites me is, you know, there's close to $800 billion of truck flow freight in the U.S. Um, a large percentage of that is procured using spreadsheets, emails, phone a friend. You know, it's, it's remarkable the number of Fortune 500 shippers that still are using antiquated processes and systems. And so, you know, I get to thinking about my career. I get to thinking about all the, you know, the emerging technology. You know, we live in a renaissance of supply chain technology. Uh, and over the last 24 to 36 months, that's really been heightened like no one's ever seen. Uh, certainly I have it in my career, and I'm sure you have it in your career. So um, that really excited me. Um, you know, I've, I've been there. I've been in the merge now for, I think I'm on my fourth week. And so uh, the technology is, is wonderful. And I, I look forward to uh, to really making an impact and how shippers think about procurement, not only execute, but also how they think about procurement. And I think we'll talk about that as we go through the day. Yeah, no, that's great. You know, I, I, I've been in the industry now, an industry analyst now for, for 22 years. And every time I say that, I'm, I'm like, you know, how can that be? I'm, I'm still a kid, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. um, and, and you're right. I mean, I think, you know, the, the last two years in particular has high, highlighted how much waste and inefficiency there is in, in the overall transportation process. And certainly, you know, transportation procurement is one of those areas that, uh, you know, a lot of opportunities still exist to be innovative, to, to, to move away from, you know, the way we've always, you know, done things. Um, so, you know, actually back in, in you know, October of, of 2020, we actually, in, in a survey we conducted with our, with members of our uh, Indago supply chain research community. So these are all su supply chain logistics professionals from manufacturing, retail and distribution companies. And, you know, we, we asked them, you know, has the time come to kind of transform the, the uh, transportation procurement process? And 91% of them either agreed or strongly agreed that indeed the time had come to, to you know, transform transportation procurement. 
So I guess my first question is, does, does that surprise you, you know, those results? And, and you know, what are you hearing from the executives that you get to talk to every day? That, those results don't surprise me at all. I think if you did that uh, survey today, it might actually be higher than 91%. I mean, you think about it. Freight is in the boardroom more so than it's ever been. Um, these are career decisions, career outcomes, if you will, and, and they're incredibly important. Um, if you look at a, a shipper's uh, P&L, freight is, is usually one of the top two or three drivers of expense. And so more so than ever, it's been in the boardroom. Uh, what am I hearing from shippers? Just that. It's like these, these decisions are critical. Um, there are very few best practices or uh, best approaches. Everyone's kind of got their way of doing it. Uh, it hasn't. It hasn't matured over time, I think, as much as some shippers would like it to. Um, it, it, it's remarkable how many people are still using old ways, old antiquated ways of, of procuring. They, they will do an annual bid, they'll set it, and a lot of them will forget it. Um, I, I think some of the leading shippers that you talk to that are really putting a lot of time and effort into this will talk to you about creating um, levers or signals, if you will, that say, okay, your routing guide is starting to deteriorate. And, and how do we act upon that? It's one thing to know it, but then what do you do about it? And, and so you have to kind of unplug the practitioners. They have to go do their thing. Hopefully they've got technology. In many cases, they don't. And so they have to go fire off emails, phone a friend. It's just, and it's so um, cumbersome. It takes time, and as you know, in this market, really in any market, but certainly in this market, speed matters. You, you, like if you find out riding got deteriorating today, and you're not acting on that tomorrow, literally dollars are going out the door, and and then service is impacted, and and so there's this long downstream effect with service, and then you've got uh, shelf space that becomes a problem because you can't service it. You've got fines that could take place. It's just it's a litany of the domino effect, but it all starts with, and I believe this, I have always believed this, it all starts with procurement. I, nothing happens until that happens. And so all that excites me, and certainly it's, it's what I'm hearing from shippers on a pretty consistent basis. Yeah, a lot of great points there. I mean, I know that, you know, to, to uh, echo what you said early on is that you know, more than ever before, you know, if you if you listen to quarterly financial reports from any Fortune 500 company, you're hearing the CEO and the CFO talking about freight costs and transportation costs. And, you know, and, and, you know, like you said, you know, this has always been, you know, for many companies, you know, particularly like in food and beverage and other industries, you know, freight has always been a, a large compa component of, you know, their their costs. But, you know, certainly the last two years with all the, the spikes in transportation costs, both, you know, capacity, uh, uh, contracted freight and certainly in, in the spot freight mark market, you know, that has elevated it to the CEO, the CFO. Uh, and those conversations are starting to, you know, you know, happen, you know, more and more. Um, and, and then, you know, you, you have, you know, the, the ripple effects, right? That what happens, you know, you, you think that, you know, procurement, it's almost like you're recruiting the team, right? And you're recruiting the, uh, your partners, um, and if, and if you don't recruit the right partners or if, you know, they're not performing as well as you thought they were going to perform, or you're not really managing this on an ongoing basis, like procurement really is not a, 
like you said, one and done type of thing. Something that happens in January, February, or a certain part of the year, and then you forget about it for a year. You know, it's got to be a continuously managed, you know, process and something that you're continuously looking at. Uh, you, you know, to uh, you know, make sure that you're staying on track to, to your objectives, both not only cost but service, which has become you know much more important, right? Yeah. As I was thinking about our call today, um, I started to think about. And you just sort of mentioned it. It's procurement's the lifeblood of of what's going on in transportation and each shipper. And I, I equate it to uh, college athletics. Recruiting is the lifeblood of college athletics. And so I think, in a lot of ways, procurement is also the lifeblood of uh, of what's going on inside of transportation space with shippers. Um, but but certainly top of mind for a lot of executives. Uh, I, I've personally been in front of several C-level folks uh, as they prepare for quarterly earnings calls or for you know conversations with their uh, executive team. So uh, very top of mind. There's no doubt it's a very topical conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, in, in that you know, in that same survey that I, that I mentioned before, we, we asked our Indago members. I mean, what do you believe is the biggest barrier to transforming transportation? You know, your, your transportation procurement process. And lack of data sharing, transparency, and lack of technology tied for first. Again, does that result, does this result surprise you? And, and how can companies overcome these barriers? Again, it doesn't surprise me. Um, you know, Adrian, it's February 2022. The fact that there's still reluctancy to um, enable technology um, get comfortable being uncomfortable uh it's surprising it is surprising i I think it's relatively low risk um you could pilot a new process you could pilot a new system you could look at the results you could adopt slowly you could crawl walk run um there's there are other ways to go about procuring freight um but the data the transparency the visibility uh those are all um, what I would consider features and benefits of adopting technology. And, and you know, there's a lot of um, large multinational shippers that are still using um, processes they were using 15, 20 years ago. And, um, you know, there, there's a lot of technology out there. And, uh, and sometimes, I, you know, I've, I've told teams of mine along the way, uh, and, and I would certainly encourage shippers uh, sometimes you got to get uncomfortable. Uh, you got to get comfortable. Sorry, being uncomfortable, and um, I, I think you're seeing more of it, but it's not pervasive. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, we're not in the uh, we're not in the 1980s anymore. We're certainly not in the 1990s anymore. And uh, you can argue that you know, even the, you know, the mid 2000s, uh, you know, it's a very different environment right now. You know, certainly a lot has progressed over that time period on, on the technology front that um, continues to help companies overcome, you know, some of these hurdles and while, while also minimizing the risk, right? Because it used to be from a technology standpoint, it used to be, you know, hey, if you had to implement any kind of enterprise software solution, you were talking about, you know, if you go back to the 90s, you know, it was a million dollar license fee and two or three million dollars in implementation costs. And, you know, this is all before software as a service and web services and all, all these you know, modern technologies were available today. So certainly the hurdles were very big and the risk was relatively high back then. People are talking about, you know, big bang implementations and everything else. We're in a very different environment today with, with technology, which again, leads me to my next question. I mean, how ultimately is technology 
transforming the freight procurement process? And, and does it go beyond having a, a transportation management system? So uh, to your point, there's a very low um, low cost of entry. The, the risk is also pretty low. Um, I, I don't necessarily think you have to be invested in a TMS in order to procure well and using technology. Uh, you could do that. Uh, certainly there are TMSs out there that have the ability to um, you know, plug you into their module, their processes, and you can uh, do procurement through their systems. Um, but there's also a lot of other options um, where you can either integrate into your TMS or you don't have to have a TMS. Uh, I don't think I don't think they're mutually exclusive. Um, and so, when I, when I think about all of that, I, I think about um, the, the what would you get? Yeah. Let's just say you you're um, invested in a TMS. You've got all this investment. You can't unplug for whatever reason. If you introduced a new process, new technology for the procurement piece, what would you get? In many cases, you would get um, more of a network effect. You would open up the viewfinder to a larger capacity of untapped capacity. Uh, A lot of shippers will invite their 20, 30, 80 carriers to a bid, and that's the only people that see the bid. And by the way, those are the same people that have seen the bid for the last decade. And, And Will they even bid? Like, what's the percent of participation? And and you see it kind of going lower and lower each year because, you know, they have a lot of options. So with new technology, you can open up that viewfinder to thousands and thousands of carriers that you could vet. You could get them into your your profile and you would have options from a capacity standpoint that you've never had before. you know, I've traveled around a lot, as you know. I've sat in front of a lot of shippers, and, and a lot of them have annual carrier strategic summits. And it's always been interesting to me when you go to those events. There's usually eight or ten carriers in the room. Usually, six or seven of them are the exact same carriers that you'll see tomorrow at a different shipper, and the next day at a different shipper. Like it's the same six or seven. And then they usually have one or two strategic brokers. And the brokers would tell you, we're, we're gonna aggregate and give you you know, a visibility, or we're gonna give you capacity that you can't because we're gonna aggregate. Well, that's that's good, but you lose visibility to an underlying carrier and, and you've introduced some risk there. In a marketplace, and in, in a marketplace that is enabled by technology, you've given all that visibility to so much optionality that doesn't exist today. Um, and, you know, you don't have to say, hey, give me 10,000 new carriers to bid. You might say, give me 500. And you may only use 10 of them at the end of the day, but there's 10 new carriers that can provide capacity. Many of them are niche carriers or small, mid-sized carriers that you wouldn't have had the ability to touch in a former bid. So there is so much value in, in finding true network effect in a marketplace um, that just doesn't exist in so many networks today. Um, and, you know, going back to the, you know, going to these meetings and it being the same carriers over and over and over. And, you know, are those truly strategic partners? And in some cases they probably are, but are all of them? Um, I would, I would challenge shippers to think about that. 
Yeah, no, a, lot, a lot of great points. I've, I've been a big fan of the network effect and I've been you know, writing about the network effect in, in supply chain and, and in transportation in particular for, for quite a number of years now. And I think technology has gotten to the point right now where you're seeing it bear fruit. Um, you know, we, we see the network effect. Yeah, I always tell folks, well, you know, we see the network effect every day in our personal lives, whether it's with LinkedIn or Facebook. And the way we have, you know, you make a single connection, you have access to literally millions of other people, millions of other work colleagues or potential business partners um, where we can communicate. It's a much more scalable way to, to, to reach and communicate and transact on those platforms. Um, and it's the same thing here in a, in a kind of a business environment and, and particularly here in, in, in transportation. And what you mentioned is, is, is right on target, I think, because that's what I hear a lot from shippers that have kind of moved that are kind of leading the way in this area. It's like, hey, you know what? We've never had really that access to that long tail of carriers to be able to, to uh, you know, have visibility to their capacity, have have them have visibility to our uh, freight, uh, to be able to, you know, remove friction from from the from the process in terms of being able to, uh, you know, quickly, you know, get a get a cost and quickly be able to tender a shipment. And and a lot of it is not so much in addition to being able to have access and visibility to that capacity and to that freight from a carrier standpoint, you know, you, you mentioned earlier, you know, the, the importance of time in, in this market, um, you know, the, the elimination of friction, um, I think is, is something that a lot of people overlook, but it's a, it's a critical point of this, isn't it? It really is. It really is. Speed so much matters and friction certainly slows that down. You know, if you talk to any number of shippers and said, what are the most important things in your supply chain? I think you're going to hear a lot of common themes. Speed is, is usually going to be one of their first two things they're going to say. Visibility, actionable insights. And then they all talk about transparency, agnostic, visibility, um, accountability. Those, those are things that are all top of mind for those folks. But, you know, I think your point is dead on. You know, when you talk about friction, eliminating friction uh, in a marketplace uh, really can speed up things uh, for you as a shipper. There's just no doubt. Yeah, yeah. So, so as a way to wrap up, I mean, we covered a lot of ground here, uh, but but it comes down to, I guess, the next big question, which companies always have, is you know, how do we get started, right? I mean, how can companies get started in transforming their freight procurement process? I mean, what are some of the, you know, if you look at the companies you're working with now there at, at Emerge, I mean, what what are what are some emerging leading practices? I would assume that you know you mentioned it earlier that. You know, you don't have to start big, that you can actually start smaller, right? Yeah, the cost of entry is very low, and uh, you can definitely start small and, and grow and kind of do a proof of concept. We would certainly encourage people to do that. Um, the things I think about when you talk about emerging leading practices, um, think through optionality. Think through broadening your viewfinder, bringing more untapped capacity into your uh, viewfinder. I think in the long run, it's going to help you. Um, you know, get out of the whole spreadsheets, emails, phone a friend. Like if you're not looking at that as a gap, I would encourage you to look at it as a gap. Um, don't don't put out a bid annually. Set it and forget it. You just you can't do it. And I and I think a lot of people have come to grips with that and are doing you know doing a lot of stuff about it. Uh, but you need those signals, those KPIs that are telling you, hey, the routing got deteriorating. And, and something needs to be done about it. And a lot of times it's a two-way communication with you and the carrier. A lot of times the carrier will say, well, I accepted these in the bid and I accepted 20 a week 
and, and something happened in my network and I can only take 10, but I feel an obligation to take the other 10 because I don't want to let you down. Shippers want to hear that. Like they don't want you to just keep accepting it, accepting it and failing or uh, accepting it and then turning it down the same day. But they would rather you say, look, time out. I will, I will help you until we can solve this together. That's a true strategic partner. It's not just accept it because you're worried about the ramifications. It's let's call a timeout, get on the phone and talk through what happened in my network so that I can help you plug that hole in your network. And then finally, um, just creating visibility. Um, you know, if you don't have good metrics, good KPIs around it, good signals, um, I would always encourage people to, to really mine the data, find where the gaps are, create those visibility uh, points uh, that are visible to your whole team, not just the executive team. Everyone needs to understand how their part works in the process. And, uh, and I think all of that kind of coupled together uh, could create a much better outcome for shippers. And, and I'm so encouraging shippers to think about it that way because, again, this topic's in the boardroom and careers are being made or make, make or break on this. And so, um, you know, crazy important topic for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. So when, when the CFO uh, knocks on your door, you know, uh, you, you, you know, you better have some good answers or a good action plan or, uh, you, you know, uh, uh, you know, a good, a good approach to how you're going to move, you know, how they're going to help the company move forward and meet you, meaning it's, yeah. uh, you know, not only it's cost, but service objectives too. Uh, you know, Mark, we, we covered a lot of ground here, some great advice for, for how to get started here. I think this is going to be a topic that uh, I know we're going to continue to talk about here on Talking Logistics, just because it is, um, like, like we've already discussed, top of mind for not only the, the C-level executives, but obviously, you know, transportation logistics executives as well. But you, you provide some great food for thought and, and actionable uh, steps that companies can take in, in this direction. So again, thank you for making the time to be with us and, and congrats on your new, uh, new role there. Thank you very much, Adrian. It's always a pleasure. Uh, stay warm and, and I hope to see you real soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to thank those of you that joined us today. Uh, if you're watching this episode on demand, either at the Emerge website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for Mark, uh, you can post it there. And I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.